2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh! And uh, the debut, every time I hear his name, my stomach turns. Jared Kellenick (laughs) of the Mariners, number three prospect in all of baseball, making his highly anticipated debut tonight. The worst trade in Major League Baseball in the last 20 years. The Mets made it. (laughs) And uh, so far tonight, all right, because uh, Kellenick is 0 for 3, but here's the thing. Nobody has a hit on the Mariners tonight. Yeah. Zach Plisak is carrying a no hitter into the bottom of the seventh inning. There are two outs. He is one out away from going to the eighth, of the no hitter. Uh, he is at 77 pitches, so still a lot left in the tank. We could see another no hitter, or, you know, hey, we're getting to see one a week right now. So this could be your weekly no hitter. Uh, it's joining fantastic. Us, joining us now on the hotline for more Major League Baseball, all the big stories. You know by the music, you know him by the podcast, Sports with Friends. The Hall of Justice, longtime baseball insider and friend of the show, and I always put "friend" in air quotes. It is Seth Everett. You can follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. Seth, what's happening, man?
4: Good evening, guys. What How up? Are you? We, well, uh, I love K- you, you, Kellenick is 0 for an 3 Andy tonight. Furman I'm okay. You're an Andy Furman right now. What, what did I do? Andy Furman, when I used to go on with him on Fox Sports Radio, would play Prince music, and he would go, well, you know what that means, and nobody in the world knew what that meant. <laughs> you said, well, I want people oh, to feel like they're in music? on something.
2: You know what this means. We're listening to Prince.
4: And it's I still can't get up. Some Tyson plays, driving in Nebraska going, I just heard Wendell's cry. What does it have to do with this white kid from Jersey?
2: And, and, and here's the thing. It's my least favorite Prince song of all time. I, I fast forward past it every time I, have, I listen to Purple Rain. I have no, every time. no quarrel
4: with that. My rule about Kiss, you know the song Kiss, mm-hmm. is if there were 100 Prince songs that you asked me to make a list of, the 100 best Prince songs, Kiss would not be on it. And, I, and that's not because it's a bad song. It's he literally has 100 better songs than
0: Kiss, <laughs> but that Tom Jones version kicked ass.
2: <laughs> Come on and with Ju- the art of noise. Come uh, on, that was you, great. Harman. And only Julia yours. Roberts singing it in Pretty Woman. I mean, that helped. That's too. true, too. Yeah, that, that, that's it. You know, yes. now she I'm just picturing the
4: Tom Ju- Jones version.
2: No, no, no. Now, so, now, Seth, you need to go uh, recreate that scene and and sit in a in a bathtub, a bubble bath, and start singing Kiss.
4: Yeah. The last time I was in a bubble bath, uh, (laughs) Don Mattingly was a rookie. (laughs)
2: <laughs> all right. So, you know, here, help me out, Seth, because I, I need your help on this, because every time I hear Jared Kellanick's name, I get this eye twitch and I feel terrible. And I, my stomach goes into knots because it's such a horrendous trade the Mets made uh-huh, the making Mets his made, debut yeah. tonight. And I, I just go, this is going to be the worst trade in Major League Baseball in the last 20 years. This trade in which they get all the salary <laughs> in Cano, they get a bad closer in Edwin Diaz, you know, and they give up a couple of guys that are easy to dump their salary and they give up a guy who turned into the number three prospect in all of baseball. Oh, by the way, and another guy who's pitching pretty well for the Mariners with an ERA of about three and a half. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be a worse trade than this in 20 years.
4: Well, it's very funny. I want to see how long the media keeps calling him Kelnick. It's actually Kelnick, the E. Yeah, it's right? Kelnick, like there's yeah. no E in it. No, yeah. no, no, and I'm not blaming you guys. This is what rookies go through. But I want when his name is mentioned by broadcasters as Kelnick, then you'll know he arrived. Um, <laughs> the, the interesting part, the Mariners have a history with hyping prospects, and they usually deliver. If you think about it, Ken Griffey Jr. was a high, <laughs> a very highly touted prospect. Alex Rodriguez was. Felix Hernandez was. Now, Ichiro was, but I'm not going to call him a rookie because even though it was a rookie as majors, he was a veteran of Major League Baseball. And then, of course, the iconic promotion of Dustin Ackley. So... You have these histories. Sorry, that was the anomaly. That was uh, a good one. I liked that though. The other ones have all been, like, they, they. when they hype a guy, they don't fluff. They, they're not overly doing it. Um, I hope this kid does well. You know, one of the best part about it is his name gets mentioned in the negotiations between the players and the owners because this free agency system and service time and all that stuff, they want to get rid of all that. And Kelnick would have been up on opening day if not for trying to hold him for an extra year before he can leave, which is also sad.
0: Well, making sure that he and Gilbert, who pitched tonight, and then Rodriguez gets called up. They think they've got their super uh, friends for the next uh, decade plus. Well,
4: that's See what a I did pretty there. good comic book reference. There that's you nice. This you is- sound like Ted Knight just there. Thank you. You <laughs> had a pretty good run. I'll, I'll take that.
2: Uh, Seth Everett with us, longtime baseball insider. All right, so while we're still keeping track of this, hey, we could see a no hitter, Seth. I mean, is this something you uh, stay up uh, for? Or you go to bed now and say, ah, no hitter. I don't, I don't need to worry about sometimes. this.
4: Right. No, the <laughs> thing with no hitters, there's two things about no hitters. Um, number one, if I'm ever in the building, If I'm ever at the ballpark and you find out that I am in the ballpark, uh, don't worry about it. There's not going to be a no-hitter. I am cursed because in 1997 I made the worst choice I've ever made in my professional career. I chose to cover a preseason hockey game because I was going to be the pre- and post-game host for the Avalanche that fall. And I went to a preseason hockey game and missed – Hideo Nomo's no-hitter in 1997. Oh, wow. And the punishment by the baseball gods, I will never see a no-hitter. I was hungover. I missed Kevin Millwood. Um, there was, there's a couple of others that I, I just won't be there for a no-hitter. There was a Jewish holiday once I missed a no-hitter. Uh, it's It's crazy how... There are all kinds of reasons. So the baseball gods have cursed me. I will never be in person for a no-hitter. I did watch the John Means one last week, and all you're seeing is these hitters are flailing at pitches because of this Spakakto launch angle. And what's happened as a result is even no hitters have become less spectacular. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? The Padres and the Orioles have registered no hitters this year. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea, the idea, and what, what, what really is the bigger stat it, it, the no hitters are still fascinating. I mean, they really are great accomplishments. But when random journeyman pitchers are getting 9, 10, 11 strikeouts in a game, yeah, this really is a bit much. And what's happened as a result is the the ball, so far, the studies on the ball, because they made alterations to the baseball, and they're supposed to have a report by Memorial Day. So basically the first week in June, you're supposed to get a report on the impact of the ball. What you're noticing is home runs are down, but strikeouts are up. And you just have to wonder when a team will see this and say, you know what? We're going to stop with this launch angle and start focusing on contact and see batting averages actually go up. will run production, then go down. That's the question.
0: That's so 30 years ago. What are you doing, Seth? <laughs> You're trying to <laughs>
4: recreate the
0: game. You know, like back when the, the A's had full parks and, and Mount Davis was the just A's. a laughing stock. Well, I had to bring them up because obviously that's By the, the way, other big story bluffing. in our news here.
4: Just, just so you know, they're bluffing. I think they're totally bluffing. Um, they're not moving. And unless Clay Bennett and the ghost of David Stern is involved, you do not move a team from the number six market to the market 30-something in Charlotte, Portland, Nashville, or VIG. The reality of it is is that they are bluffing to try to get the Giants. It's not even to get the public money. They're trying to get the Giants to acquiesce the territorial rights so they can move to San Jose. And I don't know if you guys saw my I'm tweet. trying to do the, that forever, in the, yeah. Well, my tweet, the story, you know, one of my things that I'm so annoyed with with baseball these days is those stupid blackout rules. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you live in Las Vegas, there are six teams you can't see. If you're in Billings, Montana, you can't see the Seattle Mariners. And if you're in Guam, you can't see the Oakland A's or the San Francisco Giants. So just put the A's in Guam. <laughs> you wouldn't have to change your blackout rules.
0: Well, if you have enough bobblehead days, the crowds will show up. <laughs> I lived in the Bay Area for 5 years. That's the only time people came to the stadium and then they got their bobblehead and left.
4: Well, my question's about the Oakland Coliseum. First of all, if you've ever walked around the concourse there, even on a really hot day, why is the floor always wet? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow! That, now that's that's a question I can't answer. You got to call Billy Beane. They didn't, say they didn't listen. Cesspool. They, like, they it didn't cover that.
4: Is
2: a they didn't cover it in Moneyball. So I mean, you got to you got to find out. You got to find another way to get that answer. They didn't you know cover they the pitching didn't cover in there. In the Moneyball
4: movie? They didn't yeah. cover Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, and Tim Hudson. Oh, and Miguel Tejada
2: too. Don't forget he won the MVP. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Chris Pratt was good. We won with just a bunch of guys. Uh, Seth uh, Seth Everett with there. us here. On Fox. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was a great uh, Scott Hattieberg. You know, I heard the story about him. He wanted that role so bad, but he was too heavy. And, and the they said, sorry, you can't get it, but he really wanted it. And he kept working out, working out, working out. And he would call his agents like every day saying, did they cast the role yet? No. Did they cast the role You know, And finally, when he got himself into shape, they sent the tape in and they cast. They said, okay, you're Scott Hattieberg. So he had to work out like a maniac for like two weeks or three weeks, and they hadn't cast the role yet. And then finally, all right, I feel good now. I lost a lot of weight. I'm a little bit more sculpted. And he got the role. He was Scott Hatterberg.
4: Speaking of weight loss in baseball, do you want a great Sid Fernandez story? (laughs) Sid (laughs) Fernandez? Of course (laughs) I do. Sure. Why not? Okay. Sid Fernandez is with the Orioles, and there's the team hotel. And a a pizza delivery guy shows up with like two large pies. And Sid Fernandez, at like midnight, runs out of the hotel to go pay the guy and get these two pizzas. He had a clause in his contract that said he had to be under a certain weight come opening day. And he's eating pizzas at, at midnight. And he says to the guy who saw him, who I cannot mention his name, he says, um, what are you doing? You have a weight issue. Why are you getting these pizzas? And He says, no, no, these are from my girlfriend, man. And he says, you're a married man. Why do you want me to know you have a girlfriend? He says, I'd rather be a philanderer than break my weight rules. <laughs> oh,
0: boy.
2: Wow. <laughs> All right, then. Oh, <laughs> All right, hey, uh, lastly, Seth here, you know, taking a look at where we sit in baseball, you know, at this point, certainly no more surprising story in the National League than the Dodgers not running away with the NL West. In fact, they're sitting in third place. They've had a really horrendous last couple of weeks. Are the Dodgers in trouble, or is this just, hey, they won the World Series, they're going to need some time to get going?
4: You know, the one thing that uh, that, that I think about this is I try not to look at standings until Memorial Day, And I just think that they're a 10-game win streak away from just erasing all of this. They're still more talented than any other team in their division, and they know it. So my instinct is just that I don't think this is as big a deal. I've seen the L.A. stories, and I've listened to some L.A. sports radio. I get the sense that they're already panicking. I just think there's way too much season to go.
0: Yeah, I think it's better radio to be, panic than just say there's too much season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Local, that's okay. lo- I mean, if you're in LA, you know what I mean. Like for you to just say, "Hey, calm down, people," it makes sense. But in LA, I'll, I'll explain it for them because they need they need to uh, they need to have a panic button, Seth.
4: <laughs> By the way, speaking of panic button, uh, do you think that Zach Wilson panicked when his mom went on Instagram ripping Disney World? Did you see that? Yeah, that yeah, good... I
2: saw that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's what I like to say to that: It's May. It's May, all right? It's May. Well, work, she's just getting warmed up. Are you kidding? Memorial Day. Yeah, it's, it's May. I, I don't, I don't, you don't check the standings. I don't check Instagram.
0: He's got to wait until uh, Labor Day, right? I mean, because then, then we'll get into the season after that. So you get a little more run there, Smith. Uh,
2: Seth Everett's on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. And, hey, congratulations. The 300th episode of Sports yeah. with Friends podcast that both you and I have been a part of. Uh, who was on the 300th episode?
4: Uh, it's a documentary about the first 299 episodes. We thank you, by the way, in the podcast. Uh, oh, you so were it's one of the 300 guests. And there you we played Ken Griffey Jr. and Martin Brodeur and all the great Tiger Woods, is in it, and all these great people that have been part of this podcast. It was made out of a tragedy the passing of the late, great Daryl Hamilton. And we turned into something that has become a passion project. The 300th episode of, if you've never heard the podcast, listen to episode 300. It's literally like a best of, but it's a best of in the best way. It tells the story of how the podcast got made.
2: And, you know, that's very interesting for a guy to say, hey, if you want the podcast, we've done 300 episodes. Don't worry about the other two ninety nine. Just listen to the right. last one. That, that's all. Don't worry if about the listen other to the
4: ones. last one and then select the ones that you like the
2: better. Right. That's, not, that's pretty well done.
0: Uh, hey, by the way, you didn't even have to be in the building. You just had to be on the radio. The no hitter is no more.
2: Oh, Seth Everett with the <laughs> jinx of the night. Uh, no more. No hitter. Uh, for Zach Plesak. Uh this means uh, Jared Kellenick now is going to hit two more home runs the rest of the night tonight. Uh, Seth, as always, buddy. <laughs> and, and
4: and the visiting team will still call him Kellenick.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. Have fun. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, JP Crawford breaking up the no hitter for the Mariners. Uh, Jared Kelnick still uh, 0 for three tonight. But like I said, everybody else is 0 for tonight, except for Crawford. There will not be a no hitter. Uh, a still in command over the Mariners as they lead it four nothing in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, eight, seven, seven 99 on Fox is the phone number. Twitter at how about a Fresca? Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Great stuff there from Seth Everett and that, uh, story about sid (laughs) fernandez well then wow man i didn't know you could do that with pizza going hey here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna um i'm gonna i'm gonna push this pizza off on somebody that's a bold strategy
3: cotton (laughs) be sure to catch live editions of the jason smith show with mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app
2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. And don't worry, we'll get into that Zach Wilson story. Hey <laughs> coming up in a few minutes. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. It's not your fault. Remember no, that. it's not my fault. And it's not Zach Wilson's fault. No, it's not that's his well, fault either. No, uh, hey, there 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 a lot has to happen for you to unfollow your mom on Instagram. Okay, yeah. and that's what happened with Zach Wilson and his mom. Uh oh boy. Uh Oh boy, oh but boy. all right, but you know, what? listen, listen, all right. Gather, gather, gather. Okay. Take a deep breath. I mean uh, Keldick just flew out, so he's yes. still hit list for you. Kelmick's so, 0 for 4. Great trade okay. by the Mets. Great, Best trade ever. Not worst trade in the last 20 years. Best trade ever. No, seriously. This is going to go down as the worst trade in 20 years in Major League Baseball. I mean, the fact the Mets traded the, the guy who turned into the number 3 prospect in baseball, getting back the bloated contract of Robinson Cano, all to get Edwin Diaz in the deal, who has been okay at best, and you give up two big prospects as well? It's like, it's, it, what is Brody Van And That was the one time where I said, okay, it's time to take the keys from him. Time to take the keys away because he doesn't know what he's doing. He just got worked in a trade, absolutely worked. And now every time I see I, I see Kelnick's name, I'm just gonna go. I I I I got I got to walk away. Okay, I gotta, it's gonna cause. I wasn't trying to open that door stomach. into that tragedy there. I mean, really, the only the only trade that's going look to look being worse than this right now, because clearly what the Mets did in this Kellinick trade – look, he came up tonight. It's his first game. It's a very big deal. We almost had a no-hitter in that game. Uh, the Mariners are down 4-2. They were getting no-hit into the eighth inning. The Mets make a trade in which they give away their number 3 prospect, another top-10 prospect who's pitching pretty well for the Mariners. They get back Robinson Cano and his big bloated contract, which now has two more years on it. Oh, by the way, he's not playing this year – because of a PED suspension they get back Edwin Diaz
0: trying harder what do you want from him
2: oh you know whatever yes I'm trying harder Uh, you know Edwin Diaz they made this trade for a closer which was ridiculous and you know and the Mets traded away two guys that the Mariners just dumped right back into the National League East against them and Anthony Swarzak and Jay Bruce so this trade has so many bad aspects to it it's not just hey we traded away a guy that could be a great player for 15 years it's everything else that went along with it. The Mets got rooked on it, right? The only trade that could wind up being worse than that is I'm going, because I went back and looked at all the worst trades of the last 20 years. There's some really bad trades in the 90s, but you want to go from, you know, take a nice little round number, and go since 2000. The only trade that looks this bad is in 2008 when the Pirates traded Jose Batista, to the Toronto Blue Jays for a player to be named later who turned into a guy named Robinson Diaz who was out of the game a year later. Well, Joey Batts went to Toronto and he put up numbers. He put up all-star numbers for years. I mean, these, you know, he put up Hall of Fame numbers from 2010 all the way until 2016. He was an all-star for six years. He had 50 home run seasons, 40 home run seasons. He had 300. He was He was the middle of the lineup on on a team that went to the playoffs basically yearly. He had MVP votes in, th- in four of those years. I mean, that's a really lopsided trade, man. You traded away a guy that turned into an absolute bleeping superstar. That's the only trade that could wind up being worse. Because while other bad trades have happened, if you don't hold on to a guy forever, then what did you really do? Like, you made a great trade, and you had him for a couple of years, and he moved on. Like, Nelson Cruz was a really bad trade uh, in 2006. But he's gone on to play for three different teams since then. So it's not like we made the trade for Nelson Cruz, and we've had him for the last 10 years. No, this was, hey, Joey Batts was there from 2008 through 2017, and he was terrific for a lot of those years. So that's yeah. why I look at this is the only one that could be as bad as the Kellinick trade. That's the only one that could be as bad.
0: Now, what if I were to take you back to, uh, I don't know, June 4th, 2016? Uh, when a certain team from a certain town that begins with C, ends in O, and in the middle is Hickag, got rid of a young player by the name of Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> and sent him to San Diego in exchange for innings eater, and that's really his claim to fame, James Shields.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was tough. The potential that was is a tough there. was Because yeah.
0: as of now, Kelnick's done nothing. Right, right? he's 0 for 4. He, well, but it just... And the large, largesse, right? It's his first game. So we don't know. So to, to tag the worst on it, and, and Tatis Jr. is just in the beginning of his career, uh, but I'll still say has had more of an impact, and he's really lined a lot of people's pockets between cards, mm. memorabilia, uh, his own, for that matter, with a giant deal, uh, and, and for the Padres and their faithful. So uh, as of now, that still trumps yours. But, yes, I, I feel your pain. But we had uh, Tim Anderson. So, I mean, we had another shortstop that was already there. So that's really the only way I can
2: try to console myself. Yeah, but here's the thing, and this is why this trade's going to be worse. It's not just, hey, you traded away a, a guy who was going to be a star. Because, look, you know, James Shields was okay making the trade, and the Padres did it thinking they were in contention that year. That's when they bought everybody, when they bought Matt yeah. Kemp and Will sure. Myers and Kimbrel and all those guys. It's not It's not just, hey, look, that was a bad trade. The Mets traded away a guy who's that good of a prospect and they had to get Robinson Cano's contract. And they traded another guy away. And well, they got Edwin Diaz, who stunk. There were so many more bad parameters of this you story know. than just, hey, we traded away a guy but, who was but good. If he, but if he hadn't gotten popped for PEDs, you would have been able to say,
0: Mets Hall of Famer,
2: <laughs> Robinson Cano. <laughs> uh, Mets Hall of Famer. Nah, I like like you say that. Mets Hall of Famer. Like the way I pulled that out for you? That was No, that was pretty good, buddy. But that's why th- this trade is so bad, because it's not just oh, we traded away a great player. It's we traded away a great player and we hamstrung our team because we took on a really bad contract, a player who we have to give a prominent role to who has just been okay. Um. Oh, and we also traded away another guy, uh, in Justin Dunn, who has been pretty good for the Mariners so far. So no, he's good. So it's, it's, it's layered. It's, it's not just, hey, we did mm-hmm. this. It's like, it's like getting punched in the face. And then you go, wow, that hurt. And then you get hit again. Maybe you get a punch this time. Maybe you get a rabbit punch, like in your kidney. Oh, good. You know, you good. get one of those yeah. punches. And then you go, oh, that hurts. And then maybe somebody steps on your foot. And you're like, oh, that. And then they, 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 they put their fingers out and get you, like, three Stooges wise, like, right between the eyes. I mean, that's what the Kellenic trade was. I mean, the Fernando Tatis trade was just a punch in the face. Wow, that was bad. This is punch in the face, kidney punch, step on your foot, and I give you the big the big eye poke. That's what. Yeah, but I'm trainers. but
0: I'm looking at that squad going. Oh. <laughs> Think about him in the middle of all of that. How great that would have been. Uh, but alas, it is not to be. For you, it, it is night one of. We'll see how long this lasts.
2: Yeah. And I, I sent you a Jared Kelnick yeah.
0: rookie card picture. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I
2: appreciate you. that. Yeah. When well, he, when he look, was a Met, I appreciate yeah, you, that. he
0: weighed Thank about you. 104 pounds when he was
2: swinging the bat for the Mets to <laughs> Mets farm system as well. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. Coming up in 90 seconds, we have the quarterback matchup week one of the NFL season that nobody's getting right. But
3: first, be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
2: Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Uh, Listen, with the NFL schedule release day, we spent a lot of time talking about some of the different games. Look, we're going to get to one big game coming up in a few minutes because, boy, Tom Brady's dad is so – he's so fired up, He's jacked up about it. He is lit. Uh, But everybody's missing what the big quarterback matchup's going to be week one between the Packers and the Saints. Right? I mean, the Packers have all these primetime games. Packers-Saints is out. What are we going to see? Big changing of the guard. Um, first of all, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing quarterback for the Packers week one. Neither is Jordan Love because Jordan Love is terrible, and Aaron Rodgers will be traded by then. Uh, the Packers are going to be starting a quarterback that is not on their roster because whenever they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're going to get a quarterback back they can play, whether it's Derek Carr or somebody else. They're going to get somebody that they can play. That could be their next quarterback, might not be, right? But but could be their next quarterback, they're going to get somebody good enough. So right now, their starting quarterback is not on their roster. I firmly believe that. And for the, the uh, Saints in this situation, it's not going to be Jameis Winston, okay? It's the same situation as last year. It, Taysom Hill is obviously Sean Payton's guy he got the first get because Sean Payton said I promised he would get the chance if something really I promise you I, mean, I promise you would get the chance I mean that's insane did he give you him go a with... promise ring while he was <laughs> at it too here if you wear <laughs> We're this together
0: ring. forever
2: I'll marry you one day when ah, one day eh, when ah, you ask me in a couple pretty, of years pretty soon yeah. Yeah. yeah so obviously Taysom Hill was his guy and when Taysom Hill played he was very dynamic and he played really really well now now, after three games of tape, you know, Taysom Hill still played well, but his stats still weren't as great. But still, he showed, hey, he could really do it. Remember, this is a guy that had no reps with the ones, no time for any chemistry. And clearly, Taysom Hill, he shows a different kind of skill set. He was really good. He's going to get the first chance to play quarterback. Now, whether it goes all season. He's going to get the chance. Jameis Winston was brought in on a one-year, $5 million deal with incentives that could get it up to 10 or $11 million. They brought him in as a backup, in a backup salary. So you can see exactly how the Saints view him. He could be their quarterback. If Taysom Hill falters, the Saints played the market right. Let's see what happens. Let's see if anybody, if someone goes after Jameis, someone goes after Jameis, and we have Taysom Hill, and then we have to work and see who we want to back him up, or if they wind up taking the job because Taysom can't do it, because you're still unsure about him, because he's a 30 year old quarterback. But you got an idea that maybe he can be the a next generation of good quarterback, because he could throw the ball pretty well, and he was dynamic running the ball. So it didn't, the market didn't materialize for Jameis Winston. So, hey, okay okay, I'll come back here where I have a chance to win the job at some point. He's not going to win it to start. But could Jameis Winston come in for Taysom Hill? And then Taysom Hill goes back to his jack-of-all-trades gig – Absolutely, that can happen 100%. But week one, it's going to be Taysom Hill. There's no way that you can get outplayed in the preseason when guys don't play in the preseason anymore. There's going to be one less game. No one's going to play their quarterback more than a series. So how are you going to get outplayed in the preseason? It's not going to happen. You have to see that Taysom Hill can or can't do it over the course of the first few games of the year. And then if it doesn't work, then they'll go to Jameis Winston. He'll be the quarterback the rest of the way. But to think Jameis is suddenly going to usurp Taysom Hill and win the job week one that's not going to happen only because you know where Sean Payton lies as far as who he likes when Drew Brees got hurt they went to Taysom Hill first okay so that should tell you everything you need to know and Taysom Hill played pretty well he's going to be the guy week one so it's going to be Taysom Hill versus Packers quarterback not on the roster right now
0: he played against the Eagles in two games against Atlanta yeah and he was trash trash defenses yeah. Okay, so I, I hang a star on how good those performances really were. Uh, and then against Denver, they just absolutely obliterated him, so he didn't really need to do a whole lot. Uh, he did have <laughs> two rushing touchdowns in that game, uh, as he did against Atlanta in their second contest uh, as well. Uh, I think Winston should be, but he won't be. I think you're right uh, as, it, as it flows in terms of handing the reins over to from Drew Brees that it moves forward. Right now, the betting odds that Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is still the fa- the favorite is still uh, the next snap he takes a t- uh, next team he takes a snap with is the Packers sitting at -150 one, the Broncos at +130 So sitting right there and then yeah. uh 49ers at +700 Raiders at +900 uh, this is just from a, a little earlier this week. So something to monitor a, as it flows. I, I, look, it's not going to be Blake Bortles. It's not going to be any of these other guys. Because people are like, oh, look, they signed these guys. And Like, yeah, they're camp arms. You get get some reps just throwing the ball, right? You, we've all watched drills. All right, they're going to run, you know, eight yards down the – and just hit them on the sideline. okay. I mean, you, you can pull out the jugs gun. You can have an assistant do it. But why not pay a guy a couple of bucks to, to come in and throw? Maybe he absorbs a little bit of knowledge. And then if disaster strikes, he's at least been around the guys a little bit. So you have that. But I still think Aaron Rodgers will be the me- a member of the Packers. Uh, that bottle of champagne on my my desk will not be popped this year, I don't believe. I think it <laughs> happens after this season. But um, to your point, the, the Saints is – is a curiosity to be sure. I, I think uh, I'd love to see how dynamic uh, in year two Jameis Winston could be there. But remember, promises, man. Got it? can Got to keep your promises. And they signed him to that uh, crazy ass deal. Uh, did did they to uh, Taysom Hill? How much is real versus imagined in terms of money he'll collect uh, remains to be seen. But it looked good
2: on paper. Twitter at How about a Fresca Mike Gets Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next, a big final in the NBA. What does it mean for the Lakers and the rest of the teams in the play and in the West? Plus, the Zach Wilson story. Yes, we'll get to it. You'll hear it. It involves Yay. Zach Wilson's mom. I'm just glad it's May and it's not the night before game one of the regular season. It's coming up next right here. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, Fox.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. I'm an ass man. And I'm telling everybody, I'm telling you now, I've been telling you for a while, it's okay if the Lakers have to play in the playing round. Relax. Their dream of being a top six seed is still alive after the Suns' escape with a 118-117 win over the Blazers tonight. So for the Lakers to avoid the play-in tournament, they have to win their last two games and hope that Portland or Dallas loses out. Now Portland's got a tough game coming up. They finish against Denver. Dallas has a couple of cupcakes. They got Minnesota, and they got Toronto. I'm pretty sure Dallas is going to win one of those two games. So basically for the Lakers, it's going to be winning their last two and hoping that the Blazers lose. But in the end, I wouldn't want them to finish sixth. I wouldn't want the Clippers in the first round. It could be a quick exit for the Lakers. I would rather have them be seventh, play the play-in round, get a couple of games in, and then Phoenix or the Jazz, quite honestly, those are your better lineups and matchups for the Lakers. I mean, clearly, that that's where they would go. That's the better way for them to advance in the playoffs and to say, hey, go try to win best seven against the Clippers. Good luck, because that's a bad matchup.
0: So Denver's going to sit everybody down on Sunday, right? <laughs> Nobody plays. Everybody's legitimately here's here's our bench. Go at it and, and uh, force the Lakers down there. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of a a fun curiosity uh, watching the end of this game though. The foul call that Devin Booker has arrived evidently in yeah. terms of getting star yeah. calls. Yes, My he
2: has. God, yeah.
0: <laughs> what a phantom foul! He goes and drains two free throws to give them uh, the lead and then the win. It just. I've watched it like 15 times. I'm still wondering where there was any contact, let alone something that would have you blow the whistle in the final three seconds of a game. But yeah, for for Laker fans, what's just been interesting to to watch uh, and, and watching this Laker squad, right? LeBron missed a couple games, right, from being on the sideline. And now he's back and he gave the little speech before the banner unfurling and everything, but missed that Knicks game. And the assumption, and when we talked to Rick Buecher earlier, it was well. He'll all reports were he was going to play then against Houston. Well, against as soon as they beat the Knicks, it became the well. You got to be able to beat Houston without him being forced back, right? Right, and then they win by two. Uh, so not exactly the walkover, but hey, succeed and proceed. Now back-to-back games remaining against Indiana, uh, and, and then Z- the Zionless pelicans on sunday night you know another brandon ingram revenge game i guess and lonzo ball if we want to have that fun uh but beyond that it's it's, we're just playing out the string, and, and I think everybody's going to be wringing their hands because they expected a juggernaut, and now they've got a very banged-up squad, a lot of guys missing times or nursing injuries, and uh, you have no idea what you're going to get. It's great. Get your popcorn ready. You know, you just responded to Wojcicki, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. said, anybody that tells you what's coming in the playoffs and tells you with authority, uh, they're liars, and you said, next show. I said, Knicks
2: are going to go to the finals. (laughs) Uh, But, you're drunk. The path of least resistance for the Lakers is through the play-in round. It's where it is. You don't want the Clippers in the first round, trust me. Uh, Now, this story uh, revolving around Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, taking number two overall in the draft, and has had to share some of the spotlight with his mom since the NFL draft happened. His mom, very attractive, became a big hit on social media. He did a couple interviews, you know, not happy sharing the spotlight with his mom. Even said, hey, I'd kind of rather keep her out of the spotlight. Well, Uh, Now, Zach Wilson's mom is front and center, thanks to this Instagram post that's now gaining a lot of momentum around the internet. She put this post on talking about her family's recent trip to Disney World.
1: We only made it about four hours today at Disney World because my family kind of hates amusement parks. First of all,
2: it was harder than hell out there. Like, and Disney, you're kind of not going to lie. Uh, yeah so she said she used the word she compared a how hot it was outside to a lady of the evening let's say and uh, then said that attending in- services yes and then said that Disney were mask jerks except didn't say jerks at the amusement park you know now in and of itself this is an Instagram post but when you are the mom of a quarterback who was just selected in the NFL draft in a huge media market city like New York this is going to gain a lot of attention and I don't I don't care how long I wind up doing this show. How many years I will always say the same thing: when parents of an athlete get involved in a story, it's usually not a good thing. All right, you tell me how many how stories involve parents where it turns out to be good in the end? It never does, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the player is. It could be a football player, NBA player, could be a baseball player. When parents get involved. It never looks good, and it's not always something like this, but it's something where it's clearly going to be embarrassing for the player. Now, I'm glad it's May, and it's not like Labor Day weekend, and it's suddenly it's, hey, Zach, how do you feel about your mom and what's going on? I mean, Zach Wilson's unfollowed his mom on Instagram. I mean, seriously, yeah. that's where you're at now. He's unfollowed his mom on Instagram. That's crazy, and this is what he's had to do. This is where you have to tell your parents. Listen, I know sometimes you know you want, you think you're doing something that's helping me. It's not. I know you kind of like this newfound fame going on, uh, but that doesn't help me. And I'm your child, and I'm the one. I'm the one that's the quarterback of the Jets right now. So this is where you would hope that parents would say, "I get it," and I'm backing off of social media and all these different things. So I'm telling you, when parents get involved. It's usually not a good thing
0: You you think That that someone would have informed them During the process You know, you're coming to uh, New Jersey all right, New York Uh, And there's going to be a lot of attention on you Please Please don't be a problem I mean They're already making fun of me Because I look like I'm 12 And I'm right in dad's
2: closet Don't help them Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike gets Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Hey, speaking of parents, Tom Brady's dad is hyped so much he's insulting the Patriots. We'll play that for you coming up next. Fox.
1: Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus
1: terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
4: Huh? Hi, checking in for.
1: Or the perfect table.
4: Hey, where are you?
2: Coming!
1: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card.
3: Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it.
1: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip.